With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, everybody, welcome into the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, live at Circa Resort and Casino, the man of the hour, Michael Lombardi, with a little change of scenery at his own home office today in Jersey. Yeah. Uh, we will have... Lots of NFL talk today, obviously, Michael, with NFL training camps opening up all across the country. We have a big update on the Saquon Barkley contract situation, but where I actually want to start today because we had a number of breaking news items that just came out over the last hour or so. Scary situation for the family of LeBron James. Bronny James, LeBron's 18-year-old son, had cardiac arrest, um, fell down, collapsed on the court at USC, Thankfully, now in stable condition, he's out of the ICU. But all you can really say about this is, is, wow, and you hope everything ends up okay. Yeah, highly conditioned athlete goes down, you know, and certainly it brings back memories of of when this has happened before in the past. And you just hope that, you know, he can continue his athletic career and there was something wrong or maybe some medication, something happened. Again, I'm not a doctor, but it's, it's, it's horrible news to see this. And, you know, fortunately, he was able to get to a hospital rather quickly and they could averted to get him out of ICU. And now he's on his way to recovery. But, you know, even though we think somebody's great in great shape, there's still underlying problems that go into that. So, our thoughts and prayers are with the James family completely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a situation, you know, your son's going off to college, supposed to be an exciting and fun time. It's a parent's worst nightmare to have something like this happen. In a statement from the family, LeBron and his wife Savannah said they'd share more information when there was some, asked for privacy at this time, but also sent their thanks, of course, to USC uh, medical and the athletic staffs for their incredible work and dedication for the safety of all of their athletes. But it also, I think, just bigger picture reminds us with all the things that we've seen in athletics over just the last year, even with DeMar Hamlin and what happened in that game against the Bengals, what we saw with Tua Tungavailoa on the football field last year, the incredible response time that there is from some of these athletic staffs and very grateful with the advances in modern medicine that they're able to handle so much of this stuff quickly. Yeah, it's impressive. And even though, even though it's not, wasn't a, 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 
technically practice. They had people there to help them and take care of them. So, yeah, it's really important. And, and again, you know, like with DeMar Hamlin, I mean, you, you know, we were looking for contact. There was no contact there. And so, you know, you just have to be really careful. And thank God, like he did, he gave those those training staff all the credit because had they not been on the field, you know, he would have been certainly would not have been on the road to recovery. Yeah, just sending the best thoughts um, their way that we can right now. But if we do get more information, we'll be sure to relay that. Some big news in the NBA on a more positive note today. Well, depending on who you ask, maybe, Michael. <laughs> but uh, Boston Celtics star Jalen Brown agrees to a five-year, $304 million super max contract extension, the richest deal now in NBA history, fully guaranteed with the trade kicker, but the final year won't include a player option, according to Stadium Sham Sharania. Good day to be Jalen Brown, though, Michael. Yeah. My goodness. My Lord, yeah. And even if you can't dribble, you still can make a ton of money, right? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I mean, look, he, he's, uh, you know, one of the things that, that it keeps him, but he's still a dynamic player. And, you know, he and Jason Tatum are now Prolingus on, this, on mm -hmm. the team. You know, they, they've got the makings that they can get the same kind of season out of Al Horford. I mean, look, they were right there, down three love, and they bring it all the way back to 3-3 three, three and just can't close out game four against Miami. And Miami hasn't made that move we're all looking for. So right now you have to believe that the Celtics, based on their regular season, based on another year, based on, the, I, I think, also the enhancement of their coaching staff, right? I mean, because what, what we realized is, when Missoula took over, you know, he he inherited the staff, uh, the prior staff. And some of those guys, I'm sure, wanted to be the head coach and didn't really want to have this role. And then he loses a coach, Damon Stoudemire, during the season, which affected him. So I think now with the whole season behind him, he can kind of we can see what he can do and with an improved coaching staff. Yeah, high expectations for the Celtics, it seems, with this roster year in and year out. So he signs this big deal. You've got Kristaps Porzingis on the books for roughly $30 million a year. Derek White and Robert Williams combining for about that much. And then next year, Jason Tatum's going to be up for Supermax. the Supermax himself. So a very expensive roster moving forward in Boston. Yeah, they're going to be paying the tax. And we know that the salary cap in the NBA has changed dramatically to a hard cap. And like the 76ers and some other teams, you know, you want to try to stay below the cap and you're going to occur a lot of, a lot of damages in terms of financially. It's going to restrict you. So, I mean, we're going to see more and more teams that have great players like Phoenix does go pay the four great players and then basically everybody else is on a minimum deal. The Boston Celtics, the second shortest shot to win an NBA title coming up in the 2023-24 season, 5-1. to one, The Denver Nuggets, just barely that much shorter, plus 475 to repeat as champs. But okay, let's move our attention to the news of the day in the NFL all the talk about Saquon Barkley, is he going to miss week one? The long-term deal not getting there, being put on the franchise tag. Well, we had some interesting news this morning. Saquon Barkley and the Giants agree to a one-year deal worth up to $11 million that includes $2 million in signing bonus. And so on the surface, Michael, when I heard this news this morning, I was like, okay, I like that. It's a little bit of a win-win. Saquon gets a little bit more money now. The Giants get him on the field right away. And then you can figure things out next year. Hopefully in this deal, he has the no franchise tag clause mixed in there. But then you read the fine print and find out that's not exactly how things played out. $10.1 guaranteed, which was what the franchise tag price would have been, including the signing bonus. Um, but then that other near million dollars is in incentives where he needs to reach 1,350 yards, a playoff berth, 11 touchdowns, 65 receptions. Like, that's that's a lot. He had a career season a year ago, and now you're asking him to do 
even more. And that deal does not include a no franchise tag clause, meaning that they can go ahead and tag him again next year mm. if it comes down to it. So knowing all of that information, Michael, break it down for us. Like, did, yeah. did, did Joe Shane kind of play Saquon like a fiddle here a little bit? Well, I mean, look, he went from, you know, the Zoom call with all the running backs complaining to signing a deal that basically gives him a chance at a $909,000. There's no guarantee, right? Yeah. 1,350 yards, he could gain that. But if he doesn't make a playoff, it's attached to it, right? So if he doesn't make a playoff, he can't. 11 touchdowns and 65 receptions. So he's got to kind of get this on his own. Because remember, when you put incentives in contracts, it cannot be what you accomplished last year or they count as likely to be earned. So this contract, because it sets the bar a little bit above last year, or if you attach an element to it, right? 1350 plus playoff berth. Now they made the playoff berth last year, but he didn't get 1350. So that doesn't count against their cap. 11 touchdowns, 65 receptions, all those things. So when you see this, you say, okay, what, what was all that talk about? I might have to sit out. Like, I'm not getting the respect. Look, I've said this from the beginning. There was no team in the league that wanted to do a deal with Saquon Barkley more than the Giants. Yeah. I mean, the, the Giants, somebody texted me this today, and it's so true. The Giants are the team that are like parents that don't want to tell their kids no. You know, they just don't want to tell their kids no, right? Like, and they don't, they love Saquon. They wanted Saquon there. I mean, and this was an easy, an easy uh, give for the Giants. And now they get him in and they can focus on next year. They can focus on his role. He's not going to play in any preseason games. I just wonder if he had a deadline to take this deal, Stormy. Like, why would he take this deal today? And why want take it two weeks from now when he misses camp? He wanted to be with his players, obviously, and that's important. Well, and that's what this deal said to me. My thought was that he probably prioritized to his agents or somebody that day one of camp, I want to be there with my guys. Let's do whatever it takes to to find a number and do something that, that gets us there. And so I appreciate from his standpoint that when he says Giants for life, he means it. He wants to be a part of this organization. But like I said, I feel like this is all very, very team friendly and works for them. And it doesn't really do much for Saquon Barkley based on what we know that he has been fighting for here. So that's where... I yeah. came to a little bit of a crossroads, but well, go ahead. this notion that he got a guarantee that he got two million signing bonus. I mean, the ten point one million is fully guaranteed. So whether you get it as a signing bonus, he could have gone to the Giants and said, "I want an advance," because that's really what he got. He got a two million dollar advance. Yeah, he gets it now it. instead of in four months, like that. Instead of instead of five hundred thousand during the season, he's just basically getting an advance. He's not getting now. You know, they didn't add any years to the contract, so the signing bonus counts within the $10.1 And so there's no reduction in his cap number at all. So for me, it was a weird, you know, like, yeah. why do this deal? Look, I know he wants to be there, and I know he's committed to being a giant for the rest of his life. I don't know why he wouldn't have taken the deal that they were offering him. They right. upped the bonus money. I don't know. If you're going to do this deal, why not take the deal that they had on the table? Do you think you're going to make more next year? Yeah, that's exactly what my thought process is. And I feel like regardless – He's stuck. Like, even if he does meet all of these incentives and has another great season, then to what Nick Chubb's point has been earlier this week, talking about how the better a season you have, that's just the more wear and tear that's on your yeah. body and the more that they can use it against you moving forward. And so he's in that situation where he 
doesn't have the no franchise tag clause, so they could have the option to do it again. And maybe they do have the handshake, hint, hint, wink, wink deal that that's not going to happen. Saquon, you make these concessions for us now. We'll make sure we get this done for you next year. I don't know. It just feels peculiar to me. But for Giants fans, Giants backers, you're stoked. You've got your your centerpiece of your offense on the field. So much for missing week one, Stormy. So much for missing week one. I mean, I told you that was a no story from the start, right? And that's how you know we just got to talk. He just used the media to kind of, you know, to help him. And, and when does that stop? Like, when do you realize you're being used to say this? Now, do the I guess the the real the question we should talk about coming back from the break is what does Josh Jacobs yeah. do this? I mean, Josh Jacobs was close to doing a deal, regardless of what the athletics writes about. He was in his car sitting next to Max Crosby. He was ready to go in there and sign. So they were that close. And once again, this deal here that Barkley just did does not enhance the 10.1 franchise number. It has incentives don't go into it. Correct. Uh, Yeah, I think that there's still a lot more layers to peel back when it comes to what transpired this morning with Saquon Barkley's contract. Again, $10.1 million guaranteed, but an opportunity with incentives to reach Reach 11, and again, the no franchise tag clause included. We'll be right back here on the Lombardi line, continuing to discuss all things running backs in the NFL. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. 
So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. You can download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. This is the Lombardi Line on a Tuesday morning. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bonantoni with you as we continue talking all things Saquon Barkley as he is on the practice field with the New York Giants today signing a one-year contract worth up to $11 million in incentives. Does get $2 million at signing. But Michael... Before we get to the Josh Jacobs of it all and moving it forward to the situation that's ongoing with him and the Raiders, with a guy chasing incentives numbers like Saquon has to reach in order to get that extra near million dollars this season, is it worth betting on a player like that this year? Like you look at his rushing yards prop at 1,050 and a half. Like is that one that you want to buy in on considering he needs to reach 1,350 plus to have a chance at his incentives? Well, I mean, they're setting the bar at 10,050. Oh, I mean, last year he got what, 1340? Mm-hmm. So it's they're saying he's going to have, the, the book is saying he's going to have a worse year than he had last year. Uh, and he had a good year last year. So to me, it, they're, they're teasing you. There's something suspicious about playing that. And I agree. Look, when, when players have their incentives uh, on their own, you know, where they're, it's about them, not about the team, it becomes a problem. But what the Giants have done is they attached non-likely to be earned to likely to be earned. Mm-hmm. So last year he got 1341, but now he has to get 1350. And what was earned last year was a playoff burst. So that doesn't make the number count, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, what the Giants are saying, Saquon, they're saying, hey, look, we don't care about your yards. We want to make the playoffs. But that number at 1350 is well below the number for the books given you. So you have to believe if the Giants are going to, even if the Giants don't go, if they go over their seven and a half win total, say they get to eight wins, it would be damn near impossible for Barkley to not get over a thousand yards to cover that play. I mean, that's less than 70 yards a game. He needs to do that. He is their offense just because Daniel Jones got paid. He is their offense. No question there. And you said at the win total, seven and a half, their odds to make the playoffs this year, plus 160, plus 850 shot in the NFC East. It's a, it's a weak NFC, but they're the third team in their own division here. And when you look at their schedule, a lot of the Giants' success is going to hinge on whether or not they can compete with their own division, the Eagles and Cowboys, who they're 3-18 and 18 against over the last five seasons. And by the way, start off the season on Sunday night football against Dallas. So just a lot. I I mean, I don't know. I feel like one of our conversation topics when we were talking about will he, won't he get the long-term deal with New York was that even if Saquon is on the field, it feels unlikely for this Giants to make the playoffs regardless of what happens here. 
But when you look at the teams, right, when you break down the teams and say the commanders, right, the commanders last year played the run as good as anybody in the league, right? I mean, you know, their run defense, they, they were 16th in yards per attempt they allowed. They were not, they were 11th in yards allowed. I mean, that's a pretty good run defensive team. So, you know, it's hard to. The Dallas Cowboys, hard to run the football on. You, we know that, right? So he's got four games. He's going to play those games. And with the Giants were, you know, their defense was, you know, thir- they were 17th in yards per attempt. And then the Eagles, hard to run the ball on. So, I mean, he's got an uphill battle. And look, every time you play the Giants, you're not sitting there saying we're going to set the coverages to Daniel Jones. We're saying we're going to set the coverages to take Barkley out of the game. And we got to take Daniel Jones's running out of the game. That's the other indicator here mm-hmm. is how much are they willing to run Daniel Jones in the six back offense, which made them effective last year. Yeah, we'll have to see how things ultimately play out. The first open practice to fans and all of the like for the New York Giants will be tomorrow. So fans will at least get to see their best offensive player out there. Let's move forward to the Josh Jacobs side of this. The other player who was placed on the franchise tag did not sign it and is not expected to be here at training camp. Hell, he got on a plane. He is out of Vegas. So what do you think? (laughs) Seeing a contract like this, does that perk up the ears for a Josh Jacobs at all? Is he just going to continue to hold out? How do you foresee this happening? I mean, I th- I would suspect he doesn't come into camp until like a week before, but I ex- fully expect him to be there. I, I think, look, he's not going to turn down a half a million dollars. He was close to taking a deal, and why would he turn it down? And, right. you know, he's got he had 340 carries. He's not going to play in the preseason. He did last year, but he's not going to play in the preseason this year. So I think the Raiders are taking the attitude that, look, he's going to be here. I think he's made it clear to his teammates he wants to be there and he will be there. And the Raiders, I'm sure the Raiders would have no problem duplicating this deal. Mm-hmm. They would have no problem <laughs> right? duplicating this deal. They'd be, you know, I'm sure Dave Ziegler's walking around like Neville Chamberlain with the Munich agreement. Hey, here, if you want this deal, you got it, you know? Like, seriously, I will give it to you because well, and we're you really can, giving you nothing. We're and you can pair you up nothing. You can pair up the same things too, right? Have the playoffs and then have a yardage incentive that's over what, oh, just led the league in rushing yards last year for Josh Jacobs. Just keep on pairing well, up the you, same you things. You know, the Raiders could say, look, if you gain 1,200 yards and we make the playoffs, we'll give you a $500,000 because, the, you know, he gained 1653 last year. But by attaching that playoff thing to it, it makes it not likely. You know, he had 53 catches. He averaged 7.5 yards a catch. Now, he didn't score a touchdown in the passing game either, just like Saquon Barkley did. But you could attach, right, if you have 50, if you have 60 catches and we make the playoffs, you make another 500. I mean, I think the Raiders would be more than willing to do that. I just don't know if they're, you know, and look, once you come to, once you sign it, the whole thing's guaranteed anyway. Mm -hmm. You can't get cut. Yep. Uh, win total for the Raiders this year sitting at six and a half, four to one shot to make the playoffs, 12 to one. Longest shot in that expected to be tough AFC West division. My biggest takeaway, Michael, when it comes to running backs in general at this point, like you think about all those big name players that were on the Zoom call having the conversation about right. the market value in the future, is that you need to win. You need one of those guys to win. You need one of those guys to show a front office, to show a GM and owner that if you pay me and my position, we can win a Super Bowl, and I am of value for that. None of those guys have done that. So, Christian McCaffrey, it's on you, buddy. It's on you. Let's get it done. Well, he's the highest paid guy by a lot. I mean, Camaro has has really, uh, you know, at $15 million a year, and he's in the last year of his deal. I mean, he can. And so we'll see how that goes. And look, Chubb seems fairly content because like Chubb said, look, 
you know, I, the more you carry, the less effective you are. The only guy that that doesn't adhere to that rule is Henry. He continues mm -hmm. to carry the ball and he continues to dominate. But when you look at it, look, the, the eighth highest paid player at the running back position is Saquon Pollard and Jacobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that, that it's not like they're not getting paid now, you know, Connor and Miles Sanders, all those guys, that's where the market came in at. And unfortunately, you, you need to duplicate that next year. That's why I was surprised they turned down the deal. Right. Because if you're a running back, the one thing you do want is financial security. Yep. And it, the reported deal I saw was $22.2 million, which felt like for guarantee money, like felt like that was all of the things that you could be asking for. Again, with the Saquon situation, he could be franchise tagged next year, which you would get that 20% increase on what you make this year, which would go up to 13.2, again, would be guaranteed, but you're just not getting the longevity that you would want. Um, la last couple of minutes here, Michael. We're seeing more violations coming through with yeah. the NFL's gambling policy um, this week. Broncos defensive end, Ioma Uazarike, and free agent offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson both added to the list. The league is now suspended 10 players this year for various violations to the league's gambling policy. I know they're all coming to light kind of at various times as the teams uncover this information yeah. and decide what to do with it. But hopefully the slew of players this year will put an end to this moving forward. Yeah, no question. And, you know, a guy like Isaiah Wilson, who's a first-round draft pick of the Tennessee Titans, who never even got in uniform for the right. Titans, right? Then he had a tryout with the Giants, had a tryout. The Dolphins took him on, and he could I mean, the guy has been a disaster in almost every area, you know, and now he gets suspended for uh, for gambling. I mean, obviously, he doesn't pay attention, and that's a problem. I, I think we've gone through the cycle. Mm -hmm. I think the clubs this week particularly are going to get a huge education on this, on what is important and what you must and must not do. And I think teams are more reticent to it. So I would be surprised if this doesn't just stop at this point. You know, I'm sure there'll be some lingering effects from last year, but I would be surprised if this year players did this. Yeah, and with the, with the exception of Calvin Ridley, it seems like the majority of these players are all first, second year guys new yeah. to the league versus those veteran players who know the rules through and through, yeah. aren't messing with it. And it's unfortunate because these young guys are messing with their careers before it's even really getting started. No question. You know, and now you're suspended for a year and you're a marginal player to begin with. They're just going to move on from you. I mean, Isaiah Wilson's a first round pick and he messed that up. So, you know, uh, look, you just to me, you've got to put your, your career so short. You just got to put everything into your career. Well, with uh, all these training camps opening up, by the time we get to Thursday, every single team will be in action. You can smell the grass in the air. We're going to overanalyze just practice huh. reps until we can't see them anymore at this point, Michael. But at least we have good information to talk about. It's yep. a great sign that the offseason is over. We're going to continue some NFL news and notes when we return here on the program. Also still to come this hour, our guy, Will Hill. I'm sure he'll have plenty of uh, opinions and takes as well, Michael, as he does every day. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is 
finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Back to the Lombardi Line, presented as always by BetMGM. Remember, everybody, the NFL betting guide is out right now, and our college football guide is coming in just a couple of weeks, but you can only get all of the great content that we have if you're a VSEN Pro subscriber. Our experts have profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, best bets on futures, Season win totals, everything you could ask for, but you got to sign up before the end of July to receive both guides at our early bird discount, just $175. You could also sign up for a monthly subscription, get your first 30 days for 19 bucks, and see everything we at Beeson have to help up your betting game. This offer again ends July 31st. You don't want to miss out on these preseason deals. Visit Beeson.com slash subscribe to become a Beeson Pro subscriber today. And it looks like we're going to have to add a new section to the college football betting guide here, Michael, with uh, some news coming about the two-time defending Big Ten champion Michigan Wolverines. Evidently, head coach Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA are reaching, working toward a negotiated resolution that's expected to see him suspended for four games this season and penalties stemming from alleged false statements he made to investigators. Um, this all stemming around an NCAA investigation into recruiting violations that were committed by evidently, allegedly, he and Wolverine's staff members. So interesting. Yeah. This is just a big breaking news day, Michael. What is happening wow. on a Tuesday? I know. I know it really is. And, you know, this is one of those situations where 
it appears as though the the crimes or the recruiting violations that were done by Michigan go back to dealing with COVID dead period, recruiting a text out, recruiting a recruit outside the allowable time period. You know, have an analyst perform on the field coaching duties, which is something they have to you have to be very careful about that. And then this is really more about the cover up, right? I think they mm -hmm. went to Jim on the week of the TCU game to ask him questions, and he didn't give them the answers that they thought were forthcoming or honest. And so this investigation, which has now lend itself to a four game, but I don't think it's going to affect the betting market at all. Yeah. I think Michigan is, uh, you know, it's pretty well uh, situated to handle their, their first four games until they get to Rutgers, where they have East Carolina, UNLV and Bowling Green. You know, I think they might be able to get through that. Yeah, all four games are at home, three against the G5, like you just mentioned, and even Rutgers, a team that finished four and eight last season. The Wolverines so talented. They returned so many pieces from that team that finished 13 and one year ago, made the college football playoff. Um, their win total this year set at 10 and a half. They're one of the favorites along with Ohio State to win the Big, Big Ten for a third straight year. I think they're going to be fine whether or not Harbaugh is there for the first four games, but just kind of crazy to, to think about how far this has gone and Harbaugh by the way, has maintained he didn't recall the events when first speaking with investigators said he was never purposefully dishonest. As of right now, though, with this news coming out in just the last 10, 15 minutes or so, no immediate comment from he or the University of Michigan. But and, I still have really high hopes really, for Michigan for the really, season. Yeah, me too. I mean, look at that schedule. How can you not, right? I mean, that well, they have Penn State and Ohio State in November, and that's really mm -hmm. everything else. They should be able to get to it. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Mike McDonald the defense coordinator now with the Ravens is the culprit to this. I mean, he got also got sanctioned, but he was sanctioned where he was put in a category where he's going to have to stay in pro football. The idea of him going back to college is going to be rather difficult. Yes, no question. Um, so just we'll talk more college football a little bit later on the show. We have Aaron Moore, who's going to join the program. Uh, we'll also have Will Hill in about 15 minutes or so that he'll join us. But again, the Michigan Wolverines plus 180 shot in the division co-favorite in the conference rather co-favorites with Ohio State to see if they can win another Big 10 title. I mean, best running back room in the country coming back. They've got their quarterback JJ McCarthy back, reloaded uh, and strengthened offensive line from the transfer portal. You see seven defensive starters returning. I think that they'll be fine on the field, but just uh we'll see how this ultimately plays out if it is a four-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh. Um with training camps open, Yesterday, Michael, we started diving into some burning questions about various teams. Today, I want to get into some of these um, new different uh, quarterback situations, I guess. And I think that it mm -hmm. could be good to start with the, the Green Bay Packers here who have Jordan Love stepping in for a future Hall of Fame quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. There have been a lot of doubters about how he might step into that role when you look at the win total, when you look at their odds in the in the division here moving forward this season but my burning question for you is like do you think that Jordan Love is really going to hit the ground running here at camp because all of the reports have been glowing from his head coach Matt LaFleur so far well I think it would be smart for Green Bay to look at their team and decide where their strengths are and right now they don't know if Jordan Love is a strength or if he's a weakness what they do have is a really good offensive line that hopefully can stay healthy right you know, they get Bakari back at left tackle. Jenkins, the left guard, is a good player. Runyon's in guard now, you know, and so they were pretty good up front. They have two really good running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. 
And so for their team to be successful, I think they have to run the football effectively, throw the ball to their running backs. Both can catch the ball, especially Aaron Jones out of the backfield, and scale down what they do offensively. Right? They're not going to run the Aaron Rodgers offense. They're going to run the Jordan Love offense. And with Watson having a, a really good second half of the season, we'll see what Jaden Reed, their second-round pick, can do, along with Romeo Dobbs, their fourth-rounder from a year ago. They're young offensively, mm-hmm. so they have to be simple. And I, and I think they'll gradually build into Jordan Love. First, they got to get him some confidence, slow the game down for him, and rely on their defense early in the season to help him. Matt LaFleur said he already sees Love, quote, having complete command of the offense. And what's interesting to me is a little contradictory comments from earlier this offseason to now when LaFleur said, hey, like, let's limit the expectations here. we got to wait and see what we've got while we're excited and he's ready. Let's just relax. You know, it's still Aaron Rodgers that he's stepping in for these shoes. Meanwhile, you have their president, Mark Murphy, saying he's comparing it very much to Aaron's first year as a starter. Um, He said, I'd say at least half of a season to know, even though we ended up with a losing record that year with Aaron, we saw enough about him to know he had something special. So that's the approach, at least outwardly from the Packers president. I mean, it's hilarious. Uh, you know, Mark Murphy is the, well, the only Packer president who's got a comment on everything. And you wonder why Aaron Rodgers left, right? He's got a comment on everything. And the former Packer president, Bob Harlan, you could barely find. He was stayed in the background. But Murph, he, you know, Murph's got a comment on everything. And it's behooves Murph to for Jordan Love to become the great player because, you know, this has been his vision. You know, he has built this organization. He took away the power from the general manager. He took away the power from the head coach. He gave himself all the power. So he has to have it this way. And we'll see if it works out. Look, they've got to improve defensively. The last five games of the year, they were good. Gave up 17 points a game. But when you look at their overall numbers, they were 26 in yards per attempt in the passing game. They were 28th in yards per attempt in run game. I mean, you know, teams controlled the football. They're 24th in terms of playing way too much defense, right? They only they didn't hold the ball long enough. And so that became a problem. Then they're 26th in points allowed defensively. So they, they've got to show their ability to play good defense like they did the last five games of the year. Another team that has an unproven quarterback situation but did improve the back end of the year is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I feel like they've been a team that's kind of been a forgotten team for whatever reason this offseason. Maybe it's because of the quarterback power that they have in that division. You have a former MVP, a guy who's on his way to be an MVP, and another guy in Deshaun Watson who we all thought would be an MVP and then took a year and a half plus out of football. So now with the Steelers, you got Kenny Pickett coming in. They win six of their final seven games last year. Um, can Kenny Pickett build on what we started to see late last season? And are you of the belief that he, um, in starting in training camp, can take that step to give the Steelers another winning season? I really am. I mean, just look at the numbers, Stormy. Let's discuss this, right? So, you know, when they go, when they win seven games and lose two after their bye week, they get blown out in Philadelphia. They go on a bye. They come back against New Orleans, and they start their second half of the season. From that second half of the season, in those games, nine games, they only turned the ball over five times with a rookie quarterback. They finished seventh in the National Football League in third down conversions, Right. So that's those are two really good indications that the quarterback wasn't making mistakes to beat them. And, you know, they need to improve their red zone offense. They were 23rd in that category. But when you break this down and T.J. Watt wasn't healthy defensively right. for them. So, like, they protected the football. You know, they won a lot of close games. 
you know, you say, well, they didn't beat anybody. Okay, well, you know, that's true. But the, when they went down to Carolina in, on, on December the 18th to, beat, to play the Panthers, they won the game by eight points. They dominated that game. The next week, the Panthers played the Lions, a team that we think is God's gift to teams this year. And the Panthers rolled them and had 500 yards of offense. They couldn't do that to the Steelers. Mm -hmm. They couldn't do that to the Steelers. So, you know, one team is hot, Detroit. One team is thought of as a bad play, Pittsburgh. When they both played the same team within weeks of each other, and one team dominated, one team got killed, and yet we love the team that got destroyed. That's my point of reference. And you always talk about, too, we said it a lot yesterday, but like breaking down certain areas of the team. Something that impressed me late last season was the way that their offensive line started to gel. And then they go out in the draft and they get a fantastic offensive tackle in Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Some of those offensive pieces that are around Kenny Pickett lead me to believe that they can take a lot of steps forward. So I'll be interested to see if they can get another at 500 or better season under Mike Tomlin, who has done so every year since 2007. Looking at my rundown here, I see Will Hill is going against us on the Steelers' win total. Of we'll find out is. why when yeah. we return here on the Lombardi Line. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.